What are you laughing at? Hello and welcome back to another episode of Going Through the Motions with me, Callum. And me, Alex. How's it going, guys? The podcast equivalent of the alleyways of Tenerife. Jesus God. <laughs> oh, I had to do man. That just to get the shock factor. Jeez. <laughs> I've had to bleep that one out, but obviously I just right. wanted to get the okay. shock factor. How are you, mate? <laughs> I'm all right. Uh, I think, oh, I think I needed that to kind of wake me up a little bit because I've just, I've just hot footed it across London to get back in time for recording. A little bit knackered, and I really oh, wasn't yeah. expecting that sort of filth at the start of a I just put his, family I friendly I podcast. Say anything rude? That was a whole rehearsal thing. I was just trying to catch him off guard. Oh, all right, man, okay. that's good. Yeah. I've seen you are playing live at some point soon. I'd love to talk to you about this. I was going to ask you about it. Um, I was going to ask you about it, I guess, before we started recording. But All I right. think this is the hottest of information because Ooh. this is so exciting for you, mate. Do you want to tell a little bit about this? Yeah, absolutely. I have a concert coming up, a real one. Because mm. performance venues opened up for the first time like this week or last week. So... And I've not performed live to an audience in an just, indoor venue. Just to be for clear, this months. is his this is his finger trick, you know, the magic finger trick where you've kind of you know, that makes it look like your your thumb's disappearing and Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Is that one? Is that one? You've got the fingers up and you and you blow into one and then it comes up and then you go da 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 and then you you exchange it to the other one there. I tell you what, Alex is getting a lovely visual show. And then and then and then and then hot take that I'll spoil here for for an encore, I'll do my famous ping pong ball. I was gonna say I'm gonna do my ping pong ball trick. That's it. Well, that's amazing, mate. So, what what is it you're performing? Is it anything that we we know anything? Oh, definitely. So, uh, I think since the start since the start of this year, I formed a new string quartet. String quartets are very much like my favorite medium Mm. in which to like play the violin. It's just it's so much fun. That and Swedish death death metal sort of stuff. Yeah, 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 yeah. Hundred percent, hundred percent. And um, yeah, so we're very kindly invited out to a church in Hertfordshire to play a concert for them, which is really good. So it's going to have a socially distanced audience. We're going to play a very varied recital, Mm. some new music, some old music, classical music, Uh, and some some folk folk music as well. Cool. And some folk music as well. And so it's going to have a socially distanced audience, about 80 to 100 people, I'd say. And we're also going to be live streaming it online. Oh, that's um, cool. For people that can't come. That's awesome. Should we link it to the show? Is there any way we can do that? Is it worth doing that? I'll let you, yeah, I'll let you make do that. that decision. I'll let you. But yeah, how are they going to well. do the mosh pit if it's all socially distanced? That's what uh, I don't well, understand. I wa- well, <laughs> what they're going to do is they're going to have a white screen at the back of the room where we can see everyone that's uh... joined joined the live stream and we no, want no, to no, see I everyone mean, like, the moshing. Who, the people who they're live, how are they going to try and get that the rave circle, the rave, the pit of death in the centre? Uh, I, I, I guess I, I everyone's think, just I think the, covered in hand sanitizer from head well, to that, toe, yeah. aren't they? Also, I think the pews are nailed down, so I don't oh, think there's much, there's much room for the moshings. They're not going to get through any of those stained glass windows, I'll tell you no, that. No. They've learned their lesson from the not last time that you guys were there. Well, that's yeah. great to hear. Now, speaking of Swedish death metal, Alex, uh, just recently we had Eurovision Song contest uh 2021 isn't it yeah. yeah we did quite embarrassingly my sister asked because i saw her um for for a meal the other day and she was like so are you doing the eurovision movie this week and i was like um no how no and she was like 
why the why the fuck aren't you doing the Eurovision movie? <laughs> We're the worst. We are the worst. I know. I know. No, we're we're genuinely, she, 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 she genuinely was like, why aren't you doing the Eurovision movie? And I was very seriously like, why would we do the Eurovision movie? <laughs> Me, the biggest fan of the Eurovision movie. Because yeah, she was like... It's to mention it this time today because I'm getting your once a day in. Yeah, you know, exactly. And she was like, you know it was the Eurovision Song Contest recently. I was like, oh, I'll be honest, I had no idea. Um, I had absolutely no idea. I apparently, apparently, France was a belter. Yeah, it was good. It was good. I remember seeing that one. It was just a, a lady screaming. Did you watch it? Voila! I did. You know, shamelessly, I did. I, I was able to catch the end of it. I was in a bit of a was. I was out for the day because um, now we can see people in the public, and so yeah, I, had a, yeah. I had a chance Ooh, to see public. people in the public, which was quite nice. Um, but it was a long day, and it was a, f- a few too many gins, and so I, I went back to uh, back to the old the flat. And uh, we sat watching it, um, and it was—it's a whole experience when you're drunk watching uh, watching Eurovision. It's the only—it's the only way to watch you, it in you, this you country. On. It's a marvel. I mean, I, do you know? I found myself having to explain parts of the the, the, the Maddie's being uh, from America, and so having to explain it to her, she's like, "What? What's happening?" I'm yeah, like, "What is this?" I was like. Do you know, I've, there's so much of this, I've just no idea. And I just can't explain. Um, I think it was like, why is there a little room at the start of every country that's being announced? Basically, what they were doing is they were doing a little kind of, like almost like a kind of architect's design of a room in a famous location in each of the cities as, right. they, were, as they were kind of introducing the new country. It was fucking weird. I don't understand what was going on. It's absolute madness. Mm-hmm. It's absolute madness. The, the hilarious thing is we kind of watch it for the show. But mm. there... But, I get the impression that so many of the other countries mm. and the people from the from the other countries mm. are actually seriously invested in it. Oh yeah, they bonaf- love it as, as a bona fide song competition. Yeah. And it's like, oh yeah, that person that won was the best singer and the best performer in in that competition. And you're like, yeah. right, okay, yeah, calm down. Yeah, <laughs> Well, it was Switzerland, I believe, that won this year. France came second because, as, as I said, France was just a, a woman screaming voila into a microphone whilst right. epic lighting and camera work I've was, not seen uh, was any of this. It's I think I need to don't go worry, and see some don't, highlights. Don't, don't worry about it. The one that you want to see the highlights of, of course, is the UK's entry, which, as is predicted, always terrible. As predicted as well, has nil poids. Of course, it's all political. I mean, it's, it's genuinely... We, we could have put forward... We could have stuck Elton John on that stage and he could have written an act. He could have just done a medley and it would have been... We could have reincarnated Freddie Mercury and stuck him on the stage and he yep. could have done a lone rendition of Bohemian Rhapsody whilst everything on his costume was on fire, spinning Catherine wheels all around... And he was shiting out the alphabet, and we still would have got nil point. There's nothing that's going to no, entertain absolutely them. Not. There's a reason why you never see Coldplay in the Eurovision Song Contest. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. It's because they think, they, yeah. think how many of the biggest bands and artists in the world have come from Britain, and they're never in the Eurovision Song Contest because that's not what it's about. No. No, it's it's about watching people do the finger dance in weird costumes, cross-eyed sections, Graham Norton slyly taking the piss out of everyone. You While can, steadily you, getting drunker. You can, as I was gonna say, on. you can definitely tell he's getting on it. Like, it's a, he's it's a definitely tradi- getting it's on a it. tradition that he definitely inherited from Terry Wogan. Terry oh. Wogan was so good when he he was alive. Oh, and here we go. And here's now the Lithuania. I can't do Terry Wogan. Oh, no, no, you I can can't do, do Terry Wogan. I can do Ken Bruce. Hello, welcome to Popmaster. <laughs> that was Ken in his younger days. <laughs> Very Lynn good. On, Lynn on the line here. Lynn, Lynn's from Norfolk. But the last time I checked, though, 
we weren't a Eurovision podcast, were we? We, of course, are a music and movies podcast. That's Alex's cue to say, get on with the fucking show. (laughs) (laughs) That wasn't very ham-fisted, was it? And each week we talk about some of the most amazing monster Marvel movies that have ever existed. This was a... This was... I I loved this. I really enjoyed yeah? this. Yeah, the this was L word. This is what you talk about because it wasn't a good movie. It's not that great a movie, but I I loved the bold nature of this movie because yeah. everything it did, it did properly. Yes. Now I do I do have a big complaint about this movie, like one really big complaint, and I, and I and I'm I'll get this out there. It'll come out quite a lot throughout, and it's to the fault of the the kind of the director and the and the visual direction because i believe it went last minute to warner brothers it was supposed to be universal and then the last second was sold to warner brothers oh right warner okay. brothers yeah so warner brothers made some so oh, hey look i'll say up top right so th- this movie was supposed to be over three hours long and oh shit you might have recognized but they've edited it heavily and I didn't even know this fact, but I was watching this movie and there were some parts that just made no sense. If you really watch it, you're like, that bit just, they just went from in the jungle to all of a sudden they're in the plains and and there was no explanation. And all of a sudden, like all the characters look a little bit rougher and some of them have got cuts on them and there's no real explanation to why because there was loads of fight sequences taken out. Um, And even to the point where... In fact, I think there was a really shonky jump cut as well. There is some... conversation and something. There there is some... Some of the editing is so atrocious in this movie. And there was was one that was a cardinal sin. I don't know if you noticed this and you, you might not have noticed it. There was a scene that interjected that, that kind of, it just started and it was a panoramic scene of the kind of villagers camp. But you I know could, exactly what it was. But what you it. could tell it start, the music was halfway through. It just cut into the music. It yeah. was like the track started halfway through. I was like, what was that? Yeah. I, I thought it was a joke. No, I, like I went, know exactly what, I know exactly what bit, because I had to pause the movie and make sure I hadn't just had some sort of blackout yeah. memory loss where I just missed like a, a setup or something or no a, a good. cadence. It just no good. it just cut off. Yeah. Yeah. But I would I, I genuinely if God, Warner Brothers are the worst, aren't I know. <laughs> Jesus I know. God. Warner Brothers are honestly the worst. <laughs> Do you know though, I would just I would I would love to see a three hour version of this movie though. Because I, I I as I said, everything that it did it did do, it did properly. Yeah. Um that is, that is hilarious about the about just some of the things not making sense. Like mm-hmm. it, I'm I'm thinking of one one scene where John C. Riley's sitting going, listen to that whistling. It's not it's not birds, it's ants. It's ants. You never see those ants. No, you, you don't. N- yeah. You, n- you never ever see those ants. And I was like, what happened to those bloody ants that sounded like whistling or or something like that? Yeah. He's like, Oh, you should see these ants. You, you, you do should the ants. see these and bloody then, ants. There's also a reference to a boa constrictor <laughs> at some point, and that's them referencing a fight sequence from Tom Hiddleston's character to a, a massive snake oh, that was Christ. in this that was removed. Yeah, and they talk oh, about God. it and it just isn't there. And it's like, cool. Well, I guess they're talking about the Bloody well, I'll be things. honest. I, I could, I could take or leave that. Yeah, <laughs> I don't like snakes. <laughs> now, in terms of casting, there's some really interesting casting stuff. So originally, we had Michael Keaton and J.K. Simmons were originally attached to the film. Oh bloody hell! But both had to drop out due to scheduling conflicts. Um, no. I read, I read everywhere as well that there was like half of the MCU caster in this movie. Like, yeah, I know, I know, I get it. Half of the MCU caster in this yeah, movie. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Sorry, I interrupted you. What are you saying, mate? No, no, I was going to say, was J.K. Simmons going to be Sammy J? 
Ah, uh, likely, yes. Likely. I reckon. I reckon if we're fan casting it to the people that were going to be casting it, I reckon. Who was the other one? It was J.K. Simmons, uh, Michael Keaton. Michael Keaton. Mm. So playing? he would he would play John C. Riley's character mainly, probably. Oh, he's got probably. that maniacal look at his eye. So actually, it's, it's interesting that you went J.K. Simmons to Sammy J because Jackson even stated when they said King Kong, we want you. I was like, awesome. Then I found out that I was the second choice and I still didn't care. I'll do it anyway. They had an Academy Award winner at first and he didn't want to be home away from home, away from his kids that long. And while we were going to be in Hawaii, Australia and Vietnam. So I was like, my family didn't care. I'll go. (laughs) Brie Larson accepted because her character was an action girl instead of a damsel in distress. Yeah. But yeah, I, I imagine, I mean, J.K. Simmons, was he an Academy Award winner? Yeah, Whiplash, right? Was he one before 2017 when this came out? Yeah, Whiplash. Or, yeah, Whiplash okay, was cool. 2014, I think. Yeah, nice. And Michael Keaton, he's won. Uh, he's not won an Oscar, has he? No. Oh, Birdman. Birdman, there you go. So it could be neither of them. That doesn't narrow it down. Yeah, there <laughs> we go. It doesn't narrow it down. Well, it would have been one of them. Um, excellent. What did you think of the kind of the intro sequence? Because it was very similar to Godzilla. And I guess that's the context of this, isn't it? Like they knew as they were were making this, like they were going to weave the Godzilla storyline in at some point. Yeah, absolutely. And obviously the linchpin at this point. And I actually think they've done a fairly good job of uh, franchise building this so far because the the only kind of link between the two the two kind of franchises and it is a pretty big link to be fair is this organization monarch yes but but the thing is as far as what the characters are doing and stuff like that yes they're operating on behalf of monarch and things like that but it's not as if you need to know who monarch is from godzilla yeah to be able to get what they're doing in Kong. And actually, timeline-wise, this is kind of a prequel anyway, because it's set in uh, Vietnam 70s, totally, as, opposed, yeah. as opposed to modern-day San Fran. Well, I think tracking it down, so we had the announcement that they were pulling out of the war in Vietnam, which happened in January 1973. So I okay. think specifically it was January 1973. Obviously, the previous King Kongs setting place in the 30s, and that was kind of the original yeah, sort cla- of storyline. Yeah, classic King Kong. But, but I, They're very, very different styles yeah, of monkey, aren't to, they? Well, totally. And actually, <laughs> It's, it's back to this i mean like yeah the king kong in this is huge but the reason yeah. why the king kong in this is so big is because yeah they they at one point they needed it to be able to be big enough to fight godzilla yeah and absolutely so that was did, the you, did you not love that um fourth wall breaking nod and a wink line from john c Riley that said that he's he's still growing he's not he's not done yet <laughs> yeah i like that yeah, <laughs> it's so uh, that you can tell that that was ham-fisted there because <laughs> uh, because as big as he is right Mm. as big as he is in this movie he's on this island island and it's not it's not like metropolis i very much doubt that he's actually big enough in this movie to fight godzilla no he's not i think godzilla would still absolutely dominate him at this this moment so you'd very very much needed to needed john c Riley to just look straight down the lens of the camera going he's not done growing yet <laughs> give yeah, it another couple of he'll, years he'll be bigger he'll be big enough he'll be big enough Godzilla. for the sequel don't he'll, he'll, worry don't everyone. worry don't worry I, I i i was a big fan of the john c Riley backstory and the, yeah, the japanese cool, soldier and how that starts with the two planes crashing and the fight sequence oh that bit when he grabs the sword with his hands anytime someone grabs the blade oh, of a terrible, sword i know it? right i'm just oh. like oh jesus but i i, I just thought it was a really 
good story. I think everything around this movie was tight. Um, you know, I'll get back to I'll get back to it. But I was I was wanting to talk a little bit about. Oh no, hang on, I've got it. It's my next point. Is you know talking about how tight the story is, the the whole justification of why they're going there. It all makes sense. Yeah. The whole idea around the satellites and the, you know, when, when I think there was a line where John Goodman says, you know, we got these satellites images because our satellite just happened to be in the right place for whatever reason. I can't remember. Yeah. It. And they went, you know, in three days, it doesn't matter whether we decide to go or not. In three days time, the Russians are going to have the same images. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And when they do that, I'm like, that's a really, that that's compelling. Like, no, yeah, that's you, a you good device. It. Yeah, you, be, you believe it. And it also really justifies this whole kind of idea of uncharted landmasses yeah. still, still present in the world. I mean, I say still present. This is 1973, as you say. Yeah. But it, it, it makes you believe that in 1973, there were still, you know, places that man hadn't been to yet. Yeah, yeah. And, and, and I think just the whole concept of this movie is just fantastic like I, I as a huge fan of like it's very jurassic park-esque yeah and i'm such a fan of that movie i, I really like the lost world as well which is m- kind of more similar to what this is um just just the idea that it's a it's a boat of people going on an adventure like oh god it's like it's so romantic in a sense all the king kong yeah. films are in that way yeah have and you read the, have you read the arthur conan doyle lost world no i haven't oh, no classic. is so it, is it you you'd really like it actually yeah, yeah. <laughs> probably um but just things like you know bill randa mentions that he has been trying to prove that monsters exist for 30 years which is the same dialogue that john goodman's character howard stambler says in 10 cloverfield lane so oh, i like the it? idea oh, okay. that they've kind of put some of this and there's a couple of little dialogue winks and nods i want to talk about two inclusions of um, music in this film which i think are amazing um so this is specifically time has come today which is by the shambler brothers and that's when we first meet sammy J in in uh, vietnam and then we have another amazing introduction piece of music called then we uh, called uh, long cool woman by the hollies when we meet brie larson which is such a cool like like pam muted strumming guitar right, yeah, track yeah, yeah. But, but both of these songs alex are rin- like they're basically like exactly in that vietnam war era like they yeah. just capture that vietnam you know that heart of darkness apocalypse yeah. now vibe i don't think it'll take you more than one guess to guess what my favorite inclu- credence mu- music musical inclusion in this it's gotta be credence was. isn't it no no you kill you kidding me is it is it is it not credence clearwater in uh all along no what is it that he does they do um bad moon rising no oh, that's the that's Stardust? your no oh, that's i know what your it is. answer is it paranoid yes yeah bloody, paranoid bloody sabbath yeah mate. do you know me at all oh jeez that do you know me at se- all Come that on. sequence is amazing um there's another couple of pieces of music as well so we get some chuck jones now you hear this playing in the background during the briefing sequence vault roberts always loved it um, and actually took advantage of this being in the uh, warner brothers film to to toss into the movie that because that briefing sequence is so cool you know when they're all there on the ship and you've got the soldiers and 
one side, the scientists on the other side. Yeah, it was oh, quite... I just think it's yeah. awesome. Hey, boys, we're scientists now. You're not scientists. I, yeah. I, I just thought it was like, it's proper popcorn, wasn't it? Oh, yeah, really. Yeah, 100%. 100%, which is why Warner Brothers almost say, oh, it's got to be under two hours long. We can't have it more than two hours It really long. annoys me. It is. It's genuinely so annoying because the credits were rolling at the end. I was like, no, that was that was under two hours. Yeah, I know. I kind of feel shortchanged here because a all little. of it because all of it that was on screen was good. Mm, all, yeah, all of it yeah. was good. But as yeah. you say, just so much left out. Yeah. Do you know? So I don't know if you picked up on this, and I'm sure you did pick up on this. But there was a little hint to a Ray Arnold uh, from Jurassic Park in Sammy J's performance. Do you remember what he said? As they were flying into the storm, what does he tell everyone to hold on to? Oh, <laughs> is it hold on to your butts or something like that? <laughs> yeah, it's, it goes, yeah, yeah, yeah. And as usual, hold on to your butts. Hold I on to your butts. Love, I just I love, love it. No, Sammy J was peak Sammy J without the cussing. In yeah. this one, wasn't he? He to was. the point. To the point. Now, I, I will say up top, this is the second time I've seen this movie. I did go. Did I go and see it in the cinema? I'm not sure. I would have loved to have seen this in the cinema. I, I, think I, did, I think I did see it in the cinema. I definitely saw it when it was quite new. And there was this amazing moment where he confronts John Goodman's character and he goes, tell me everything I need to know and don't or I'm going to blow your head off. Head off. Yeah. And, and that, I'm like, yeah. all right, okay, cool. This is, this is Sammy J. This is Sammy J. And then, you know, they go through exposition, exposition, exposition. Uh, exhibition no exhibitions expo- they go from one exhibition to the other absolutely yeah. exposition and then it ends Tribes with, of the ends with john 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 goodman saying you know let's you know get get off the sound so we can like call in the cavalry and i swear to you i i swear you think it was ad-libbed no, no no i swear that the first time i saw this movie i was just like say it yeah say yeah. it we all know you're gonna say it so just i am it. the cavalry i am the cavalry i know and i just went yep that's awesome he did it's it awesome. he bloody said it <laughs> <laughs> now alex i want to talk a little bit about the composer of this movie because obviously we have henry jackman at the helm mm-hmm. scoring this and i think it's a really good score i think there's a couple of real standout tracks but i don't think it's the best henry jackman score no i i don't think he i don't think there's as many linchpin tracks or score numbers in this as there typically would be for his but that's okay like you know i think a large part of the musical um diary of this movie is is set amongst the kind of the mud rock or the swamp rock as it's known that kind of credence that dirty guitar vibe and yeah, so absolutely. i think it, th- i think th- it's I think the language. Fine. Yeah, you're right. Yes, yeah, 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 yeah. The musical language of this movie is, you know, really, really compelling and an, an amazing backdrop to a King Kong movie because we are mm. we are used to that kind of swelling '30s Hollywood golden sound type yeah, thing when it yeah. comes to King Kong, which is something that the Peter Jackson movies did so well. They re- it was such a homage that movie. I really, really like it. I, I but, did too. Yeah. Um, but. As you say, this movie, it ho- always has... I mean, it is, you know, action orchestral. Mm, like, yeah, yeah, it, yeah, is, yeah, yeah. It is that, but it is always threatening to launch into, you know, Hendrix. 
Yes, Ziggy Stardust. Some of this sort you know, of stuff. Something we get. you just yeah, got a yeah. little bit of wailing guitar, just a bit of threatening to take yeah. over the mix, but it yeah. never quite does. Yeah. Uh, as well as, you know, um, various forms of like like alternate drums, you know, like bongos or yeah, yeah. Uh, jambies or something like that. You know, just alternative percussion. You always hear you always hear that in this kind of music. And I really, well, really like it. Well, one track on the score in which I implore everyone to listen to, and I do think it's the best track in the score, is called The Island. Now, this piece of music plays as the helicopters break through the clouds. They break through the, the storm that's, that's constantly surrounding the island. Yeah, we've held on to our butts. And it is just, it's such a cool piece of music. Like, it's almost kind of, it's Jurassic Park mixed with Themyscira, mixed with yeah. some sort of awe-inspiring. Because what they do is that there's a like a wailing guitar. There's like this this guitar that's just like electric. It's oh, it's so awesome, and it just kind of like cuts under as you just see this amazing island for miles. And oh, I, yeah, I yeah, genuinely yeah. think it's a really awesome track. And so, as I say, I don't think it's a particularly awe-inspiring score, but I do think that 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 one specific piece of music is really really great yeah that that is uh, that is a particular highlight that you know there are lots there are lots of other ones and i i, I would say that there are more individual musical moments than there are like real highlight tracks mm, um mm. but what really interested me was the difference between this and the godzilla soundtrack yeah you're right because yeah. Well, well, I'll start because the similarities were there during that first opening sequence. You know when the yeah. credits are rolling, yeah, and you kind of seeing the flashbacks and all this sort of yeah, stuff like set, that set, was it's identical set up in in an identical way, absolutely. But the musical language is completely different, and I think it's got something to do with like how we, the audience, kind of perceive King Kong versus Godzilla, because at the end of the day, King Kong is like he, he's a monkey, right? He's an ape. Mm. Yeah, I mean yeah. he's a fucking huge ape and yeah, like you know a monster and you know all this. Particularly this version of King Kong, but in every depiction of King Kong that I can think of, the one thing that remains true in all of it is there's always this kind of relatability mm. about him. Like you know he's on this island, you know keeping the balance, and he has this uh kind of not prid pro quo but like this kind of symbiotic relationship with the natives sure with yeah, the people yeah, yeah. and yeah. it's the same with uh peter jackson's king kong like that, that yeah. was a bit darker because those natives creeped me out like nothing else in, the, yeah. in that in that movie but you know <clears throat> that he always he he always seems to coexist very well and, sure yeah and he's a he, good guy he's Alex. a good he's a good guy and yeah. he's got like that kind of you know the human facial expressions i feel like the movie like the music in the movie was very much more kind of heroic in harmony yeah. in harmony than yeah. godzilla because you know godzilla is a huge lizard and as we discussed in the godzilla episode gareth edwards very much put those monsters in his movie as if as if they were natural disasters yes and yes not, and not like heroic characters obviously it's just godzilla sure not the people he was not not the guys he was fighting but the music in that movie was way more chromatic, way m a lot more, a lot tougher to listen to. Yeah, a lot totally, harsher, totally. harsher soundscapes, and I, and I really think that that's deliberate. 
and and I and I feel and I think that if you're building a franchise and you're going to have these two very different sound worlds for your two central characters, I feel like the audience are going to gravitate, albeit subconsciously, towards like King Kong. Yeah, for this yeah. So. I mean, I've not seen Godzilla versus King Kong or Kong no, versus Godzilla. We're going to have to, though, aren't we? Oh, of course we are. We're gearing up to it, like these movies are. <laughs> like these movies are, we are gearing up to it. But my hot prediction is that Kong's going to be the good guy and Godzilla's going to be the bad guy. Right. At, at least at the start. I mean, we all know how this ends. There's going to be an even bigger monster that they're going to have to team up against. <laughs> yeah, totally. Yeah. We all know that this is going to happen. <laughs> but it, but but the the thing is, in the first third of the movie, who's either the that or. Either that or both of their mothers are called Martha. Absolutely. So yeah, it could be that thing. one. It could be that. That's, that's, <laughs> we, we discounted that one. Do you know, it's, 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 it's like Kong screaming in Godzilla's face, why did you say that name? <laughs> <laughs> that's mean, it. That'd be mad, wouldn't it? And, oh. and King Kong's got one of Godzilla's scales as some sort of weapon. Isn't that what they've seen in some of the photos? I'm sure I'm spoiling some parts oh, of it. But... Um, if, that, if that happens, then I'm going to be super pissed. <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna be super pissed. Do, do, do you know? So, uh, cutting back to something you were talking about, we we're talking a little bit about Black Sabbath and Paranoid. I mean, that sequence with the helicopters, where it's all going so well and everything's going great, and then the tree just comes flying at the helicopter. I loved this sequence. I thought the imagery for all of the helicopter sequences, you know, the, the kind of the Vietnam haze where Godzilla, uh, Godzilla, you got me doing that. King Kong is standing with the silhouette of the setting oh, sun yeah. in the background. What a shot. And the helicopters. It, all of the imagery in this movie was just amazing. And even, even just like the casting of Sammy J, like I forget the name of the character, but it's very much based on Moby Dick. You know, the, yeah. the captain who just wants to kill this thing. He'll do whatever he can to kill it. Absolutely. Because it and kills. They do, and I love that. They do so much like amazing visual setup of that kind of motif without any dialogue whatsoever because you just see these slow motion shots of explosions and Kong brutally, brutally murdering. Yeah. Um, Sammy J's men, oh. and you get the, like slow motion, like the moment. charges, the seismic charges falling into the ground, trying to wake uh, him up, and so oh, yeah, no, and and but like Sammy J looking into the eyes, oh of, yeah, of yeah, Kong oh, through, God, the, through yeah. the flames in slow motion, and you think, oh God, he's just snapped. I oh, love God. it because there's <laughs> but there's something there's something about there's not many. I, I think J.K. Simmons could have carried that off that level Definitely. of conviction, but there's not many actors who you could look at him looking in hatred at this 100 foot gorilla and you could feel sorry for the gorilla you know you 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 yeah, part yeah, yeah. Of me, i watch this movie and i go yeah, you exactly. pissed oh, the wrong guy off exactly like, right like it's so amazing <laughs> how you think that isn't there isn't it so weird yeah, that, like yeah, you yeah. watch it and you kind of go god like and i think it's because it's sammy like he's just he is just so fucking awesome in this movie yeah. and everything he does i just love him i do um, quite i do quite i did quite like how he meets his demise though because mm. like he started having a he started having a big sammy J sweary moment like die you mother and then Kong was like right i've had enough of this just yeah puts his fist right <laughs> through him <laughs> do you know the whole um the the mother and then it gets cut off and he dies that yeah. also happens in uh infinity war a couple of years later so it, it, that was a few you know oh, when, yeah. like when sammy j dies he all, all he gets out is mother he can't get the, do you think he, do you think it's something that he 
he enjoys that because obvi- obviously Sammy J and the word motherfucker is pulp fiction. That's his, yeah. That's his. That's his character. That's where that comes from. Do you think yeah. he ever gets like? pissed off or i don't know how can you like how he always can seems you? game yeah he for, is for anything he, right like like you you like if you've owned it like he just seems he just seems to own it he just seems to understand his op is his modem operandus like he understands how people engage with him like no, no but it is he, interesting he because deserved. he is he is one of those actors that is that it, like he is in everything i think he's in like He's one of he has been one of the highest paid actors in Hollywood. Mm. Not well, do you know only, much, how he, not, do you know how much he got for this movie? I'm not sure. Five million pounds is what they paid him to star in this. My That's God. mental. That is mad. But again, it's not just because of those fees. It's because of the amount of things he's in, and he does and he he does everything. And I would forgive people for assuming that you know that's because you know he wants big you know payday and you know he's in it for the money a la bruce willis but he's not yeah. like that because you, you you hear him talk in interviews and he, he does like participate a lot in like the press junkets for promoting all his movies and he's very seriously cares about every single project he's yeah in. yeah like, he's a serious he's a really serious actor he's not uh, like bruce willis but at it, all <laughs> but it is so interesting you're right because he is very serious and he's been in some really serious things but i think he really does like obviously in, in the background of this i've not seen spiral yet and i'm really keen to watch it but i was fascinated to see that he was in that because i'm like wow like what a big... apparently he's only in it for like ten minutes though. Yeah, I think he is. Yeah, they just like, used it to he did, get the he star did a power. day of. They probably did a day of shooting. Yeah. Then. Well, ironically, they only did in the first movie. Um, in the first Saw movie. Oh, what's the name of the? What's the name of the? Um, oh, I, I don't, um, he's too old for this shit. Donald Donald Glover. Um, yeah, Donald oh, Glover. No, John Glover. John Glover. Is it John Glover? Oh, I'm gonna have to bloody look it up. Anyway, my, the, the the fact is that yeah, in in the same way that Sammy Sammy G is only in this movie for Danny Glover. Danny, um, I, I did say that, did I not? What did no, I say? No, no, you said um, Donald. Donald, yeah, I'm getting it mixed up. So so Danny Glover was only on set for about five days in the first Saw movie. Right. Um, but they just made it look like you like you wouldn't tell. Like they did so much with the budget in that first movie. It's unbelievable. Yeah. Um. Now. Alex, did you think it was really deep that point, Alex? You know when you know when like the yak was coming out of the water and the guy, the soldiers got the gun to it and they're like, oh, and they they slowly they slowly lower the gun as Brie Larson slowly lifts the camera. Do you think it was like a really deep imagery of being like, oh, like you know, photography is more dangerous than bloody weapons? And, oh, um, very good, very, very good. Mm, it was really deep, didn't you? I was like that man. That's deep. Oh. Oh, I I was just like, I was like that. Bloody... Alex won't. I I, I didn't I, think I was just thinking that's it. a bloody big yak. I know you didn't get it. So <laughs> I didn't get they're it. Using so what they're doing, Alex, is they're kind of portraying imagery and they're telling. They're sort of saying, you know, mate, you know, like a, a, a camera's more dangerous than a weapon, and right. all of a that's that's yeah. maybe what they were saying. Oh, but didn't I mean, they already say that with that awkward interaction between? They did. They and did Sammy say J. it. They did yeah, say it. Yeah, right. they did. But they wanted to show it because Alex, remember, you've not only got to show, but you have to tell. Yes, well. <laughs> you must do both. Points. 
<laughs> I've, Alex, actually, I've got a fact here that relates to something you said earlier. So it sounds like a bird, but it's a fucking ant. This is this entire scene was an outtake in which John C. Riley was trying to get the ca- the cast and crew to laugh by throwing in the most bizarre, outlandish imagery monsters he could come up with. So director Jordan oh, wait, so there Roberts. Wasn't, so wait, so there wasn't going to be an ant sequence at all. Well, well, let me tell you. So Jordan Roberts decided that it fit in the Skull Island's bizarre ecology and kept it in. However, in later interview, Vault Roberts said he wanted to include the giant ant in a scene, but couldn't due to budget constraints. Right. So he said it, they wanted to include it, they couldn't include it, and they probably would have got cut anyway. Oh, so I think okay. you're still right. I think you're still pretty much right. Right, okay, fair enough. No, and it, also on the natives as well, Brie Larson doubles as one of the island natives. I don't know if you noticed that. Do you know what? I didn't notice that Brie Larson did, but didn't uh, one of the Marines, or not Marines, but one of the soldiers... I don't know, sure, yeah. Well, I don't Brie know, Larson, I thought that, though. Brie, Brie Larson, I've noticed this about her. She does this quite a lot. She likes to put on hours of makeup and just be one weird role. You know in Captain Marvel, she plays the old woman on the train that she punches, that Carol does Danvers she? punches. Yeah, that's that's Brie Larson. Oh, I suppose that makes it okay now. Yeah, <laughs> it does make it okay. Because <laughs> she punched herself. Yeah. Before that, I was like, nah, you can't do that. I did that earlier when I was trying to set up the mic stand. Yeah. I was pulling on it too much and I you know, clocked myself in there. Yeah. Do you know do you know who I feel like really got shortchanged by the, you know, cut the length of the movie by a half thing? Toby it, Cabell? Yeah, him. Yeah. But I would but more prominently, I would I would actually say Tom Hiddleston's character. Yeah, you didn't see much of him, did because you? I guess honestly, like the- after his setup. I couldn't give two shits about him, honestly. Mm, mm. Uh, they they did. He was such a interesting kind of setup when he did the assembling the team thing, which I I love an assembling the team moment. Yeah, in, yeah, in yeah, yeah. You know me, you know me. But yeah, yeah, yeah. when they go and get him in the CD bar, and he's the kind of Han Solo kind of mm, character, and he's a mm. tracker, and he's gonna, what am I tracking, and all that. Yeah, and you know yeah, he's gonna yeah. be the hero. And then as soon as they get to the island, he does nothing. Yeah, he just he, he he just walks them through the place, and you're like, there's no that. character. There there was a great setup for a good character, and then the character does nothing throughout the movie. In stark contrast to Sammy J, who had a great setup and a story on the island that yeah. fit with that setup. Right. Yeah, yeah. And I was like, what happened to Tom Hiddleston? Like well, he didn't do anything. He just as I say, I think he was a victim of the the cuts um, that they that they had to try and get. In fact, as I said, I've got it here. So originally the movie was over three hours long. However, it was cut down to one hour and fifty eight minutes in length. Elements of the movie's extended plot that didn't make it into the final cut can be found within the movie's novelization. They include Jane James Conrad's so that's Tom Hiddleston's encounter with a giant snake. And an extended fight sequence between Marlo, so John C. Riley, and Gunpai, um, who was the the other Japanese, oh yeah, uh, yeah, the guy who was on the island. So I I I think that he was a victim of the cuts, but also I th- I'd imagine as someone who was editing this movie, you would look at me and as you quite rightly said, you go, ah, he's just the audience will understand him. He's just the Han Solo character. We don't need to give him much flesh now. The, you know, the audience's imaginations will fill in the rest because yeah. they've seen this kind of character before. Yeah, um, yeah, that, that's kind of where I thought that they, they took. No, with kind it. of, but it's a bit of a shame when, like, all the other characters were rel- were quite compelling. Even yeah. John Goodman, who who yeah, who, I thought he was good. Who yeah. had a very kind of swift exit. Didn't yeah, he? I love it. 
I love oh, it. I love a, a movie death. that's not afraid to just kill folk off. Yeah, that, that what it about was the a great guy, death. As what well. about the guy? What about the guy who was like, "I'm gonna, commit, I'm gonna, I'm gonna sacrifice myself and save some time for you guys," and then the monster just whipped him to the rock and he just exploded, and they were like, "Yeah, fucking." <laughs> I know. Yeah, a point, pointless death. But I mean, I, I don't, know. Again, I don't think they earned it. I don't think they. I don't think they earned it because that character was a little bit weird, wasn't he? he was. I, I thought he was. He was the one who was eating when he was like, "How can you eat in a time like this?" Eating's for the living. I loved it. Though. No, absolutely. Thought, he had. He had all the. He had some great one-liners. And I, and again, I forget his name. And again, I feel like with a bit more fleshing out, we probably mm. would have cared a lot more. Whereas yeah. you know he's stand he's standing there with his Jesus imagery, like holding the grenades and going, "I'm sacrificing myself." And I'm Shale like, "Shale Wingham like, is cool." Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I'm like, "Who, who are you? <laughs> who are you?" <laughs> I thought it was I thought he was quite good. I thought he was yeah. You're right. He was a bit a bit of an odd a bit of an odd um bit of an oddball. And they did kind of like set up the fact that the skull crawlers were quite smart and they're wily. Because John yeah. C. Riley said, "Oh, they're they're crafty. They're they're wily. They're crafty mothers." I'll come back to the skull crawlers as well. Um, I loved a bit of Ziggy Stardust. Anytime we can get a little bit of David Bowie in a movie is great. Um, in fact, the writing atop the record player is a design nod to the serial number and writing on the box holding the Ark of the Covenant at the end of Raiders of the Lost Ark. Oh, right. So I read somewhere that was oh, quite good. interesting. And then I did love, there was some other beautiful imagery. You know when the boat's leaving, um, the kind of, the, 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 the habitat and the, the bridge comes up and it's kind of like, comes up like the mouth almost. I don't know if that makes sense. How the kind of the... The grey fox is leaving the kind of camp. Oh, yeah. yeah. And it comes to the edge of the dam. And it's like they're using ropes to individually pull up the bamboo fence. And it's kind of like, oh, it's curved in a way. And it's quite yeah, aesthetically yeah, yeah. pleasing. It is quite pleasing, isn't um, it? And there's some amazing music that takes place. I, I don't know what track it is. But again, like that was one of the other kind of, as you said before. I think before, it's called Grey Fox. Oh, is it Grey Fox? Yeah, I think you might be right. Yeah, in fact, that's exactly the track you're buying on, mate. But it's a feature piece of music. It's not something that's like sustained in quality throughout. Um, and then we get run through the jungle. Classic Credence Clearwater. I, I just, you've got, you've got to include it. Um, what about that time the scientist guy just gets taken away by the pterodactyl and they just are like, all right, cool. He's <laughs> they, just, they just move on, don't yeah. they? Love that. I, I like that those birds were there, like in the scene for like a good few minutes. And John C. Riley's character didn't go, oh, my, mind those birds. Yeah, wait, exactly. Wait, no, <laughs> yeah, like talking about the ants, though. <laughs> no, he was waxing lyrical about these ants that the that that don't exist in this movie. And mm. how easy would it have been to just have a line saying, "Oh, don't like you know, stay sheltered in the boat. Don't like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Don't 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 hang out. Keep your arms, feet, and objects inside the vehicle. You know all that mm. because they those just, birds will get you." They were just cutting through folk in this movie. Like they just had to find reasons just to kill folk off. Like there's a lot of deaths in this movie. Yeah, um, absolutely. All for it. It's great. It's good. Um, Alex, I know you love it when I talk about how creatures get their roars in different movies. So oh, yeah, long I before the production of the film began, the filmmakers experimented with different techniques to create Kong's roar, which were overseen by supervisor, sound editor, sound designer Al Nielsen. So as the King Kong in 1933 roar was made with a reversed tiger roar and a lion roar, Nelson visited the National Zoology Park in Washington, D.C. and Walt Disney's World Animal Kingdom and recorded lion roars as the starting point. 
He also mixed and matched gorilla and monkey sounds to create additional layers. To fully capture the desired island-shaking levels, the sound team set up speaker systems at Skywalker Sound and played Kong's bellows and roars through a 5.1 channel system. And, and, and I thought the sound was great. Like, I thought yeah. the whole Kong sound was really guttural and earthy. Um, unlike the Godzilla sound, which didn't impress me early. No. <laughs> well, but they might, improve, they might improve on it. I know. I do hope they do. I th- they probably will, though, won't they? Alex, do you want to talk a little bit about... I've, I've called them here the tadpole lizard creatures. Oh, yeah. But they are called the skull crawlers. Yeah. Um, because obviously that's what he calls them. And he goes, that's what, that was a bit of a weird bit. I think that joke fell flat between John C. Riley and Brie Larson. But I, it's because I mainly I don't think Brie Larson's that funny. Or is she mm. quite funny? I don't know. Maybe it's just that joke. It wasn't a fair joke. I don't know. Yeah, exactly. Where he's just, where he's just deadpan going, because it's cool. Yeah. And she's I like, oh, it's okay. Cool. You, can, you can call them that if you want. And I'm like... This is weird. Why are we keeping yeah. this in? It's three hours long. What are we editing? Oh, because we'll keep that bit though. Because, because Warner Brother, Brothers like more jokes. They yeah, like they levity, do. don't they? Don't yeah, they? yeah, yeah exactly. Jesus, what do fuck, you fuck Warner Brothers? <laughs> <man>. <laughs> what do you What do you think about the skull crawlers? What do you think about them? I kind of like the concept I, of. I like them too. I like the concept of like they're just perfectly balanced. They don't need arms. They just have they 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 just have yeah. legs and a tail, and they're perfectly balanced. And it, that that's their kind of like apex predator kind of gimmick. Mm. But at the same time, you're like, doesn't that only doesn't that only work when you're you're pointing straight at something? Like how <laughs> yeah, does it yeah. t- like how do they turn? Well, um, I've got some interesting facts on you. So, director Jordan Vaught Roberts said that an inspiration and reference used for the design of the skull crawlers came from the Pokemon Cubone. Oh, right, where they were the, the mascot, it, which I thought was. I, I actually thought the heads were quite well, menacing. The, the big one, the big one, did like yeah. have a bit of an armored skull, didn't it? Yeah. I thought they were quite cool. Like, I actually thought they were pretty terrifying creatures. I, I, th- I thought they were really, really good, actually. Yeah. Um, and talking about the, the animal sounds and how they get it, the roar of the skull crawler is very high in tone, possessing a raspy quality with a hiss and growl mixed in between. According to supervisor sound designer, again, Al Nelson, who did the, the Kong one previously, the skull crawler roar was inspired by the painted squeal of a dying rabbit, or sorry, the pain squeal of a dying rabbit, as well as the sounds, as well as the sounds of sea lions and squirrels. Jesus. Yeah. So quite an interesting, uh, quite interesting. And I, and It'd be I a really that's... interesting job, wouldn't it? Oh, mate, it'd be so interesting. I'd love to, like, I would love to do that job. Coming up with animal sounds for monster movies? Fuck yes, or just, me or, up. Or just other, just other sound effects. Yeah, sound like, effects for films. Yeah, Ben Burt, who famously was the kind of creator was it of... Star Wars? Yeah, Star he Wars. Did, yeah, yeah. So, he, so, yeah. so imagine being the guy that made the sound of a lightsaber. Oh. And you've got people for generations just going... <laughs> and everyone knows exactly what that what that is. And things like that. And it's like... That's, that's amazing. It. Yeah. It really is amazing. 
Just just on the Skullcrawler's piece as well, I loved the tension that it had with the camera flash sequence bit. You know how it eats John C. Uh, John Goodman, sorry, and then there's the camera flash is going off in the mist. Yeah. Um, I thought that was quite clever. Like yeah, I thought it was, it was cool. a really good good little um, use of tension and use of sound. Um, yeah, very and- very different because you know you get you get to this point and you kind of feel like you've seen seen it all before. You know that you've got a group of people on an island. They're getting mm. picked off one by one by monsters. Mm. You're like, there's only there's only a few ways to do these kind of action sequences. But then I was looking at that bit specifically with mm. the camera flashing in the belly mm. and in the mist and going, oh yeah, no, that's that's really imaginative. I really yeah, like it that. is like, a really I'm, imaginative. Yeah, yeah, all up for that. No, I, 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 and I think that's all over. Like, it's an imaginative film. I, actually, in fact, I, you know, I, I'm totally going back on my word. There was a few tracks that I thought Henry Jackman did really well on. Like, I, I tell you what, I'm taking myself back on this. There's a piece of music that was called Ambush, which is the one where Tom Hiddleston is running at the creatures wearing the gas mask with the sword. Oh, and it's a really epic yeah. piece of music, <laughs> I thought, and, and for an epic sequence. Like, no, I think it's a good score, actually. Yeah. I'm kind of coming around to it. Yeah. Um. Mate, this is kind of where my notes start to run dry. I've got some other sequences. I mean, talking about the kind of the final battle sequence, I thought it was pretty good. The final battle fight. Yeah, thing there was. was I think good. there was what there was what there was one too many fake outs, wasn't yeah. there? Like, yeah. Like, there's only so many times Kong can win the fight, and then the big monster gets back up again. Mm, it's like, yeah, oh, totally. it's, happening, it's, it's happening again. Like, oh, um, and then they all go back. I liked We'll Meet Again. I thought that was a nice little inclusion, obviously from World War II, a bit of Vera Lynn. Yeah, it was very nice. And I, was, I also really liked the kind of resolution of John C. Riley's story where you see him like get home. Yeah, and I and I kind of put here in my notes, imagine if his new wife's husband just sort of came around the corner just at the end and it was like, and he's like, oh, for fuck's sake. Yeah, no, exactly. <laughs> just, she's, I've been away for 30 years, all right? And you've, you've decided to move on. Come on. Wow. Come on, Irene. Come on, da, Irene. Da, 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 I've got a and then, it, and then it should have ended with Come on, Irene. All right, and a okay. musical number and, you know, Sammy J gets back on, all the the crowd are back. Da, 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 they do well, crowd Sammy numbers, J comes they're all bowing. After da, being da, da, flattened da, da, by a fist the size on, of a house. Irene. And they all look at the camera. King Kong's doing, like, the kind of the kicks in the background, like the, the dancers. Um, the chorus line. Yeah, and that, the chorus line, Very that's good. it. And then, and then the curtain comes down and everyone's like... That's how we always wanted to end it. There was no other reason we were going to end it in any other way. That's how it was supposed to end. Did you, uh, <laughs> did you sit through the credits, Carl? Oh, was there a, was there a post credit? Oh, you missed it. Oh, for There's a there what? was a post credit sequence. I think I did see this before. What is it again? Right. What happens? So it starts blacked out. Yeah. And it's got that kind of. I don't have to sit through these for all these movies, by the way. I'm I'm done with post credit sequence. I do it for Marvel. Because Marvels are good. Ugh, do I have to do it for these too? Well, what? Well, I mean, why don't you just fast forward through it and see if there's anything? No, I can't end? do it that way. What you about can't do all that? The, what about all the best boys and all the executives? <laughs> I don't want to score past their their fifteen minutes of fame. Well, then, in which case, you'd get to it naturally if you're going to sit and watch that as well. <laughs> oh, it's boring. Fuck the best boys. <laughs> What's a best boy do? I've no idea what a best boy does. Do you know that was potentially going to be one of the uh, the names for this podcast? I thought would have been quite funny. Is what's a best boy? What's a or best just best boy? the best boy podcast? I thought that would have been quite funny. Oh. A little in joke. No one knows what a best boy does. I'm going to look no, it up. I've got right. no, I've got no idea either. Right? No, okay. no, no. But it's post credit sequence starts blacked out, and Tom Hiddleston says something like quite fourth wall breaking, where he goes, "Are you still sitting there?" 
Are you enjoying it? You know, the kind of a la Deadpool, you know, when mm. everyone started making fun of people for staying in the cinema and waiting for post-credit sequence. But then it turns out that he and Brie Larson are actually in a room at Monarch. Mm. Uh, and he's actually talking to people behind uh, a one-way mirror. Ooh. Yes, absolutely, because they're being held there. And then um, scientist number two, who was... Yes. Uh, in the movie a lot and i forget the name of his character that's fine number but, one and number two yeah scientist scientist number two the one that wrote the hollow earth theory yes you know that yeah, guy yeah yeah yeah, yeah. That guy. so basically he comes in you um, got it right first time scientist he, number two uh, scientist number two he basically comes in and says oh king kong's not the only king and then you get action music and then you see cave paintings of godzilla and um, yeah. mothra King Ghidorah and Rodan. Oh, I have seen this. I have seen this. Well done for remembering all those names and not making it look like you were reading them off the screen. Oh, yeah, absolutely. That was really Thank you <laughs> very much. Well, I wasn't reading them off the screen. That's the, that's <laughs> well, that, the God honest truth. That's, and that's what he wants us to think, absolutely. everyone. You'll never be able to prove, uh, prove otherwise. Alex, a best boy is the assistant to the chief ele- electrician uh, of a film crew. So now, what I, what I want to know is who came up with the term best boy. I've no idea where it comes from. That sounds a bit to me. Okay, so why is it called? The term originates from promoting the crew's best boy to supervising, allowing the gaffer and the key grip to stay on set and carry out cameraman's lighting needs. The origin of the term is from pre-union filming days when the line between grip and electric, electric departments was less rigid. That was such a boring example. That was like, so boring. I, that, was that was so, so boring that was so boring but i started chuckling to myself when you said key grip because whenever anybody <laughs> says key do, do you, grip, does the key grip does the best boy give the lead electrician a key grip does he no he no whenever okay. anybody says key grip i think of that scene in tropic thunder when they're video conferencing tom cruise and he's like where's the key grip and this guy goes here and he goes like you Punch, punch that, that director really, really fucking hard. Fucking hard. I love that bit. Yeah, yeah. Oh, that punch that he gets as well. He properly goes like, through him. Properly Steve It's a proper punch that he takes. It's very funny. It is very funny. Um, but excellent. Alex, I've only got one question to ask What's you. What's that? Oh, actually, before you go anywhere, before we talk about this, before I ask you any thumbs up, one other piece of music that I loved. Do you remember the trailer for this movie? I don't. It was it was Bad Moon Rising by Credence Clearwater, uh, okay. and I thought it was such a great use of that song. Like we don't, we obviously get all the other Credence songs, but you don't get a huge amount of you know that that famous intro that do 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 do, and I see a bear, and we got the the, the sun come. I, I thought it was really great. There you go. That's <laughs> the last that. I had. A, a nice little epilogue don't there to the musical tonight. inclusions. It's bound to take your life. Okay. How many thumbs up we doing, mate? Do you know what? I don't know. No, me neither. Because I enjoy I enjoyed both the movie and the music to the level of a two thumbs up, but I kind of don't want to give it two thumbs up because as previously stated, Warner Brothers are the fucking worst. Yeah, I mean it doesn't it doesn't deserve it, but I, I just I like it because it's you know me like I like a jukebox film and actually there was a, quite a few pieces of music in this that I thought were quite good like I think I will give it two thumbs up because it's like what did I, I, no what did I give Godzilla did I give it one I don't know 
You gave it one. I, I, I gave it one. No, you gave it two. Sure, I don't give a shit. I don't. I don't no, actually, I didn't. Remember, this thing's. Remember, remember, Alex. This is a really important rating this system. Is, so is, make sure that like, it's all in I'm line. coming out in a cold sweat. Like, I, I really don't know what it. What, what's good. Remember, here. Alex. The repercussions for getting this wrong are bloody massive, mate. Yeah. <laughs> I'm, just, I'm, just, I'm just. I'm just trying to. Like, come to terms with the fact that I'm gonna. Be, I'm about to give Kong Island the same oh, rating as up. like. As, as like Lord of the Rings or something like that. If you don't hurry up, I'm going to start taking ah, my clothes off on webcam ah, so you too. have to look at me. Right, okay, too. good. Well, <laughs> what a threat. Yeah, that would do it. What <laughs> was to see that? Even on a podcast. <laughs> Moving forward? Yeah, let's do it. Now we've got a few things. So I guess like a wee peek behind the curtain. We are recording this episode mighty early, um, mainly because the two of us have got... We're busy boys this week. We're busy best boys, aren't we? Yeah, we're busy <laughs> best boys. It's mad. It's mad that it doesn't... It's not that fun. It's not a fun description. It really annoys me. I was hoping in my head it was the someone who like gets coffee and stuff like this and was like... They well, go, that's even more boring. You, no, but you're like, you are the best. And everyone goes, he is the best boy of the day. And he's like i am the best imagine knowing that there are best boys out there that support their families they're and they their, their parents their kids look up to them and they go my dad's a best boy if, you, if you're a bet <laughs> if you're a best boy right into the podcast we'd love to hear from you i'm sure that oh god i'm upsetting them um speaking of good boys alex the monsters inc team have been at it again and something really quite interesting now we're a little bit late on this sorry the previous point that i was trying to say before was that we're recording this early because we're best busy boys and so some yeah. of the news might be a little bit um either Stale. old or or we've missed some parts so i'd imagine um if you know spider-man's no coming home or whatever his trailers dropped we're not covering it this week we'll have to pick it up next week um anyway so as i was saying monsters are coming back in a big way not just in the monster reverse but also on disney plus as pixar have announced i think their first tv series alex i know this is very interesting because honestly i started watching this trailer and it's only 30 seconds long mm. called monsters at work mm. and it's got all of it's got all of the cast back it's got yeah. john goodman it's yeah got billy crystal yeah all of, all of that but and i was like oh god another sequel another fucking Putting can't on a honest. brave face, can't, just like smiling, like can't uh, wait. Honestly, really if this, <laughs> in all seriousness, if this was a movie, I could not be arsed with it at all. Honestly. Fair enough. Fair enough. I, I genuinely couldn't give a shit. But then, it, <laughs> then it was like series starting streaming on Disney Plus, and I was like, whoa, Ooh. wait, whoa, 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 hang on, hold the phone. Mm. A series mm. by Pixar. Intriguing. Well, it made me ask the question, Alex. If any of the Pixar properties was to be the first one to be a TV series, A, would you have thought it would be this one? And B, if not, what one would it be? 
I think I probably would have got, would have gone with this one actually. Would you? Interesting. I was yeah. thinking through these because I guess like did we not do this with Toy Story? Did it not get some sort of series treatment or some sort of They got, got like, shorts. They, shorts. They got a bu- they got a bunch of shorts, but mm. it, it, it's interesting because Mon- Monsters Inc treads that line between like it could hop a lot of different genres, right? Right. Yeah, yeah. Because you could just make this so easily an animated the office mm, couldn't you mm. yeah 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 oh you that would ju- be brilliant you yeah. could ju- you could just put it in so many different serialized episodic styles i think yeah. and i think the characters fit that way at all because they they fit into societal norms they they went to university they went to work for this corporation and they, they do mm. all that they're actually relatively relatable despite the fact that they're big colorful monsters yeah and so actually when i sit and think about it i'm like well actually it's quite that that, it, that would be what you'd what you'd do and i i kind of think the only other the only other franchise i feel like in pixar might do it maybe cars i was gonna i was just about to say cars i think did cars maybe not do cars it as well? probably because you could just do races around the world yeah cars what else would you be able to do um maybe wally if nah. you could do tell about the robots i don't know all the different robots uh, on the I ship i don't think so um, i mean not without ruining the movie yeah that's the and i feel like that's the big that's the big point is would it ruin the movie would it ruin and the i movie? don't and i don't think monsters would no cars doesn't matter because cars is like the ugly child of Pixar yeah, anyway. it is. yeah it is. i do have a, i do have a soft spot for cars as like a concept it's like funny. cars one i'll i'll happily watch and actually cars two i actually don't mind yeah even though cars three was better cars three. better acclaimed than cars two but i actually prefer cars two. cars four is it any i don't think cars four is this oh no they did planes but what about cars five tugs <laughs> tugs <laughs> Mater strikes back. <laughs> it used to be tugs. It was good. Alex, we got the first teaser, and it's called a teaser trailer, isn't it? It's not an official yeah. trailer. I don't. What's the difference between a teaser and an official? I guess the official one's a little bit longer, and it has to kind of fill in the context of the story, whereas a teaser just teases. I well, guess yeah, that no, is the point uh, of it. A, a trailer tell the, the full theatrical trailer should tell you what the what the movie's about. Mm. Whereas this is just teasing. Whereas I think the teaser just gives you a, a taste of, well, just the shots, really. Well, what it, it looks like. We have had the first teaser for Marvel's The Eternals. Um, I'll be honest, mate, it didn't blow me away in the same way that some other teasers have in the past. I mean, I guess, like, and we'll get back to Robot Bat and Bats because we've got some um, The Batman news as well coming up. Oh, wait, up, but... wait, 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 wait to steal a joke. Yeah, still from the Weekly Planet. But, <laughs> but, but, the, but the, the, the teaser trailer for that was unreal. And in the, in the previous, we've had some really amazing teaser trailers in the past, and I felt this one was a little bit... I don't know. It felt a little bit flat for me at some points. I thought the well, music was quite nice. It's um, interesting because we don't know what kind of movie this is going to be. No. Because, and, and I feel like they've really backed themselves into a corner here with Eternals. Mm. Because I know what you're going to say here. I know exactly what oh, you're going to say. Well, why don't you just say it for me then? What they're going to say is they've backed themselves into a corner because they're, they have to explain where they were during Thanos. 
That's what you're going to say, wasn't it? That wasn't what I was going to say. Was it not? Oh, okay. No, that wasn't what because because in the line they hand fistedly go, oh, we've just watched for years, and I was like, ugh, that's to get around the whole Thanos, please. Sorry, what were you going to say? No, absolutely right. Well, I'll say what I was going to say, which was they bat themselves into a corner, right? That's the first thing I was going to say, and now I'll continue with the other thing that I was going to say, <laughs> which was part two is, coming soon. Is, what Alex is going to say? This has either got to be the best action movie ever yeah or or the best drama movie ever yeah and if it's anything other than those two things it's the inhumans it's failed yeah because it could be the greatest action movie ever because the whole cast of characters are supposedly you know god tier powerful yeah like they're just insanely powerful so you can either go down the really showcase their overpoweredness mm-hmm. of it mm-hmm. and give us a real spectacle or ala with the direction of chloe Zhao, have mm. a really personal and really interesting dramatic mm. story mm. where the powers are actually secondary but yeah. you're still aware that they are god tier powerful and if, if it's anywhere in between those two things it'll probably feel a bit meh. And I kind of think that that's why maybe you're a bit meh about the trailer because it doesn't really say whether or not... And if you were maybe looking for that kind of like, I want to see what kind of like Marvel characters these are, you know, what are their powers, what are their... How are they going to kick ass, all that kind of stuff. Whereas, I don't know, I, I feel like this really set up a much more kind of peaceful dramatic setting mm. there was it starts off with a lot of shots that were frankly reminiscent of nomad land yeah you're right yeah to, to be honest i read this somewhere you're i think you're right i mean and i i think if for me as an, as an audience member you know listen to what you're saying i think you are right and i think how we do this one is we tread lightly and we actually really double down on the the drama piece like i think we could do a really compelling drama story like a really that would be really great wouldn't it i mean they've just got to just and for me i don't like it how they refer to the avengers like at the little sting at the end of who's going to lead the avengers now that it was a little bit hokey i I was a bit like i was like no don't you don't need that like it could have just been perfect like this one of these movies that in the first guardians for example there was just no reference to the rest of the mcu and i'm like could let's just keep it that way like you know let's do this naturally let's do our own pace like i just want to watch a good film and and and, you know i wasn't overly overwhelmed with the trailer but listening to what you're saying alex i think that makes a lot of sense that they're just going to double down on the drama piece so yeah yeah you've kind of brought me back on board mate that's why you're here huzzah that's what it's for what do you what do you think what was your thoughts on it well i mean again i was very very intrigued by it because i don't know what kind of movie it's going to be Mm, mm. and and to be honest where it's where it sits in the mcu and lore is actually for me largely irrelevant yeah because it'll get it and i do enjoy the lore building and the and the big franchiseness of it but it's not the most important thing to me and i feel like we are very very quickly a approaching that precipice where like it's it's just gonna be way too much yeah and nobody nobody's gonna be satisfied by mm. any of it unless of course you make it not matter 
which <laughs> yeah. I, I which I think is what they're inevit- inevitably yeah, going to have to I do. Think, I think so. I think so, mate. Well, speaking of things that inevitably do not matter or probably will matter as well, we have... Anything we talk about. We have anything podcast. we talk about. Um, Alex, it's hot off the press. It's exclusive. Don't say it's not the freshest, although by the time this episode drops, it will not be fresh. It'll be at least a week old. It'll be at least a week old. <laughs> it is reported that Timothy Chalamet has been cast to play a young Willy Wonka in a Willy Wonka prequel series. No doubt where he's off in the jungles trying to rescue the vicious kidnaps. Get your hands off the head. This is great. You're going to enjoy this. I don't care. He's going to be, he's going to do, you're going to find the origins of where he did that sweet forward role in the first movie. You're going to get the origins of that. You're going to get all the origins of why everything's half in his office. You know, he's got half a writing desk and half a bookshelf and all this sort of stuff. I am so quickly becoming a grumpy old man (laughs) that is just completely uninterested in sequels and prequels of things that don't need to exist. (sighs) Honestly, I, I see... Oh, t- Timothy Chalamet. I was about to say Timothy Oliphant. Mm-hmm, no, uh, Timothy Chalamet is Willy Wonka. I'm like, oh, who cares? I do you know there's something of but Alex. But what about the the origins of the forward role? We might get that in this movie. What about the origins of the of the the, the blatant PTSD that that character suffers after actually not having to go to war or anything like this right, when he takes okay. over the tunnel. <laughs> What about all of that? What about where you get the geeses from? We're going to learn it all, Alex. It's going to be discovered for us, and we're going to love it. We're going to, we're going to see the behind-the-scenes sequences where he's teaching all the Oompa Loompas to sing Oompa Loompa Doompa Dee Doo. Yeah. No, but, right. <laughs> this, is a, this is an interesting point. Is this going to be like a fresh Willy Wonka, or is it going to be a prequel to... Uh... Gene What's Wilder, it's got to be Gene, a prequel. Gene yeah. Wilder, we've got to learn where gonna... that forward rule came from, yeah. Alex. We've but got to learn. Could it be a prequel to Johnny Depp? Because no one wants to see that. No, no one wants to see that at all. He's so he's officially been told to get in the bin, and Has it's he? Gene Wilder. Yeah, it's Gene right. Wilder. It's Gene Wilder all the way. Do you know Timothy Chalamet? There's something about that kid. Do you know what? he reminds me of? He reminds me of someone's snidey little cousin. Like, or he reminds me of the graduate in the workplace. You're like, ah, oh. now nah, I'm joking. We've got some great ones in ours, but like, he, okay. he's, but he just reminds me of someone who's like, he's the sort of guy that like, uh, don't worry. Like, oh, he scratched a car because it was fun, but dad'll pay for the, the new one. Don't worry. Oh, he just, I don't like him. He just has that. Sn- I don't. He looks I, like I sour like, milk. He looks I like feel, the, the human equivalent of sour milk. That's what he I, looks like. I feel like you've got nothing to justify all that. <laughs> He just looks it. I bet he's. I bet. Do you know what? I bet he stood in a cat's tail deliberately once. The little fanny. I bet he's done. That. <laughs> I, bet he's done that. I bet he's lovely. I bet he used to pour wax on his on his nan's carpet, and he knows that she has trouble bending over because he thinks it's funny and amusing. Cock. That's horrible. <laughs> That's horrible. <laughs> I bet he's taking some scissors to a guitar. I genuinely think he's. <laughs> but anyway, I'm sure this will be great, and it'll make right, money. Okay, we'll see him okay. in we'll see him in June as well, which would be which would be bloody good as well. Brilliant. And we did also get a first look at something that Alex, I cannot tell you how excited I am for, and that is of course Batman, the Batman, Matt Reeves. Bat suit, which is what obviously Robert Pattinson or the Weak Planet called Robert yeah, Pattinson no. Bat is going to be wearing. Have I've, you seen it? Yeah, well, I saw pictures of it. It's not actually him, though, is it? Isn't it an action figure? 
Uh huh. Yeah, like yeah, a sculpture. Yeah, yeah, it's a sculpture. But it's always with these things, isn't it? The um, yeah. the, the 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 toys ruin it for everyone. Bloody capitalism, <laughs> ruining and spoiling everything for us. Why do I get my hands? That was that yeah. was that was me as an angry that was me as an angry nineteen thirties reporter yeah. being annoyed at kids' toys. Just <laughs> how do you think Warner Brothers is going to screw this movie? <laughs> That's funny. Um, I don't know. No, honestly, honestly, I know. Jo- I know Joker like was. I know Joker was good, right? Yeah. But it, was it good? Course, was it good? No, Joker. Yeah, Joker was, yeah, Joker was, was it? Good. Okay, it was good, right? Yeah, I, was I good. now and again go back and forward on it. Nah, Very nah, briefly. Joker was good. Nah, Joker was good. But but you just Alex, know it was an Oscar-winning score. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But you know that Warner Brothers <laughs> looked at Joker. And went, oh, that was really successful. Let's just do that again, but Batman yeah. and Robert Pattinson. So there's got. I just, I really want it to be good, but I just think there's going to be so much derivative crap yeah. that just makes it just taste sour to me. I, 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 and I'll I be really honest. want it to not be that. I would love a totally fresh and compelling Batman movie. But I just think I think I'm gonna see all the crap. No, I, I'm I'm all in. Like I think we're gonna get a really good telling of the long Halloween. I think it's gonna be because that's the story that it's based oh, okay, on. Cool. And I just think it's gonna be so. I just think everything I've seen, even the kind of like even the kind of rough and ready nature of the bat suit and the Batmobile and stuff. I just think it looks fucking awesome. We talked a little bit about the Riddler last week. You know how Paul Dano's interpretation is going to be really yeah, yeah. weird we've seen you know like we've seen some stills or in fact in the in the teaser trailer of colin farrell's interpretation of the penguin you know just totally weird looking like like yeah. prosthetics and all sorts um i i ah oh, i i just i and i saw and so the bat suit just for those of you who haven't seen it it's almost like a fully like metal it's got like metal shoulder plates and the metal brace plate it's, and it's everything almost like armor Oh, I love it. I'm a, such a fan of it. Like yeah. what's your what's your favorite Batman art like um outfit style? Is is it the kind of spandex look? Is it the kind of the carbon fiber it's, like right. neil so cream? First I'll it's definitely not bat nips. It's definitely not No, you sure? You sure it's, it's not that? It's definitely not Clooney. Drinks, yeah. Uh, do you know what? I I think I will double down and say Batfleck. Yeah, Batfleck was quite good. I love Batfleck's well, costume you, because you kind of had the the kind of spandexy bits, but it was interwoven with like I, I I don't know. I thought the the Christian Bale was pretty good because you kind of had it was almost like that arid material that that's designed to flex and mold to the suit. No, yeah, and absolutely, and it was kind of like it, it was really leaning into the kind of modern ninja mm, kind of kind of style. Yeah, you're right. Looking back on it, I don't like the cowl. No, I don't. No, 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 I don't right, like. Yeah. I don't like the Christian Bale cowl no. at all. What do you think um, of the? What do you think of the fat bat on Batfleck's chest? You know, you know the kind of how. They oh, I like it. I like it. I've always thought that was a bit. I was a bit lukewarm to that one. I mean, fair um, enough. I mean, you're you're very much a Nolan slash uh, Arkham. I was about to say Ar- 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 Arkham fanboy. Uh, the, whereas whereas I got the Batman versus Superman DLC, and you can better believe in my first opportunity, I changed his look in Arkham Knight to look like Batfleck. Oh, did he have and that I played, on there? And, I, and I played the, I played the whole game as Batfleck. And that would have been so quite better. good fun. Yeah, that would have been quite good. I, I thought the original one on Arkham City, that one's bad, because like, that's closest to this. But I must admit, mate, seeing Robert Pattinson standing 
in the teaser trailer when he's kind of in the doorway where Jeffrey Wright as Commissioner Gordon has kind of brought him in to that first sequence. Yeah. And he's standing there. I think he looks bad. Like, he doesn't look massive and hulking. Like, he's he kind of just looks, you know, like a year two Batman. Like, I love it. Yeah, like, yeah. they've nailed that kind of, this is year two Batman. This, yeah, and yeah. Mate, I can't go on about it as much. The, you know, they, they use Underneath the Bridge so effectively. That, their Nirvana track that they yeah, play. Yeah, yeah. Oh, the, the, the kind of the reverberating bass of that piece of music. And just the kind of, and, and, um. I'm just going to say Heath Ledger, Jesus, and Kurt Cobain's like soft vocals that just underneath. Oh, just, I yeah. see, just get, oh, chills. I love it. I love it, mate. Chills, it's great. It's wonderful. I'm looking forward to it. I'm looking forward to it. I'm just, I, I'm, I've, I've been hurt. You've been hurt before. I've yeah. been hurt. I'm ready and... to be hurt again. Like, I'm back out there, mate. I'm Batman, yeah. I'm, I'm ready yeah. to be hurt. You know me. And yeah. um, the only last little bit of news I have, and I don't know how interested you are in it, but I'm going to say up top, we had some stills from the Uncharted film released. Oh, and yes. it's, it's Tom Holland and Mark Wahlberg. Tom Holland is holding a torch. You know how people hold torches in an action pose mode? Because there's something a little bit like, ooh, but goosebumps about someone holding a torch underarm. So you've got to hold a torch overarm to make yourself look really action have you ever noticed oh, yeah, this? Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> you know, yeah, look at yeah. it like high school drama. If you just hold it like, ooh, what's this? Or there's the old fashioned hold it with a gun grip. So you've got oh, like, the you know, hold the, it with a gun the, grip. The gun yeah, grip yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, that's that's actually that's the real way that men wear torches. Absolutely, isn't it? yeah, <laughs> absolutely. <laughs> it's it's the torch equivalent of kicking a tire. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> but Tom Holland's holding it up. Mark Wahlberg's in the background. What, we haven't talked about the Uncharted film. Have you got any thoughts? Have you had any deep-seated passions? Or have you ever played the games? Oh, I've played... I haven't played Uncharted 4. Mm-hmm. But I played 1 through 3, and they are incredible Yeah, games. I've heard they're very good. Yeah. They, they are absolutely incredible games. I, I, you know, I don't know how much I care about it translating to a movie, because it's the same thing as Tomb Raider. Tomb Raider is, like, amazing games, but, like... I don't really care about the movies. Like the Alicia Vikander one, the most recent one was, it was pretty, it was pretty good. Yeah. But it's just nowhere near as good as the game because, because these games have like movie style linear stories, mm. but you have to play it for hours and hours and right. hours and hours. And there's so much more immersion Yeah, that, that bringing those video game characters to a two hour movie it just always, to me, leaves you feeling shortchanged. Yeah. Because it's almost like, it's almost like I'm going so far as to say video games are like a higher, like, storytelling or art form. And I think actually for certain games that they can be when you create these fresh new worlds. I am um, recently indulged in it. I got the uh, Mass Effect Legendary Edition because they oh, remastered. Oh, cool. They, I've been they, thinking about getting that. Yeah, yeah. They, they remastered the trilogy in 4K and I remembered how much I love these things. And they, yeah, and Mass it was Effect, good, wasn't it, that game? Ma Mass Effect is another one of these games that they keep threatening to turn into a movie. And I'm like, yeah, but it'll be terrible. Yeah. Because you can't... You can't because capture you, the magic of what that... Like, it, the, the magic of that movie was the potential that it has. Like, the, all the yeah. storylines and how you could take the characters. Absolutely. And, how on earth... Can you make a two-hour movie out of a game franchise where you can you can literally have forty-eight 
hours of game playing time on your save and yeah. you're not even like halfway through the yeah, story and you're still loving it but but you but can't recreate that but you said movie. it the other week though mate you said it you were like i can't remember if it was your famous um a famous uh, movie critic had said that the the uh, animated movies and anime feature we're talking about oh, yeah, mark kermode said, that. said that it's the most what is it they said that the most um imaginative or the best way to actually tell a story because you can yeah. do whatever you want and actually it, it's true like um, game cut scenes are that you can tell a story as murray f abraham's character in mythic quest will will lament 100%. for ages oh, yeah. that the game cut sequences are the most important part of the game yeah. i love that bit i thought <laughs> that was i oh i love that bit it was like that wasn't mine that was red dead redemption 2 <laughs> <laughs> I thought he's great, man. I'm back on that grind. I've just watched the first couple of episodes of the series too. I'm loving it, mate. It's such a great show. Yeah. Anyway, mate, what do they have to do now? Right. What they got to do is get themselves onto the Apple Podcast app. Find get us there. on there. Give us a cheeky little five-star rating. Must be cheeky. It must be cheeky. And perchance a review. If you don't mm. want to review us, you can tell us your favorite movie. You can tell us your favorite movie. Soundtrack, score, whatever. We love to see and hear all of it. Uh, you can also find us on loads of other platforms where you like listen to your podcast and if you want to get in touch more directly with the show you can find us at our email address that is motionspod at gmail.com and we're on the gram we're starting conversations and we're not finishing them all right you got to finish it we came here we started it you got to finish it and thank you so much to our wonderful artwork from ktc graphic design where there's a promo code right now i believe yeah, absolutely. Make sure you head over to her Etsy store. We'll link it down below for all your movie print needs and enter the code MotionsPod20 at checkout for a 20% discount. Fantastic. Well, next week we're back with you. We're sorry that it was so late um, getting to it, but we will, of course, get round to Zack Snyder's Army of the Dead, which I, for one, cannot wait to discuss on the show. It's going to be awesome. It's going to be um, a zombie movie. It's going to be amazing. And it's actually, going to be a zombie Can movie. I come around and hold you as I watch it and squeeze no, we'll, you at the scary bits? We're going to watch it separately. With the zombie tiger. Oh. We're going to watch it separately. <laughs> we can barely get a fucking show recorded at the moment know, right now, right? so I'm going to get that. Excellent. Well, thank you very much for listening, and until then, bye now, guys. All right, guys. Ta-ta.